0: Welcome to another episode of 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Fradenberg, and today I am joined by Jill Carr. Welcome, Jill.
1: Thank you for having me here.
0: Jill is a certified financial planner and financial advisor with Stevens Wealth Management. And Jill and I work together, and actually our companies are connected. So uh, Sherry Stevens, the founder of Stevens Wealth Management, is in fact a mentor to both myself and Melissa Joy, as well as to Jill. So um, I'm so excited to have you on here today, Jill. And today we're gonna be talking about college savings. This is a big topic I get questions on, and we really just wanted to answer some of the common questions that people have, as well as share uh, some advice on how to save if you have children and you're looking to save for their college education. Before we get into that topic though, I do just want to talk a little bit about Jill and I was looking over your bio and I love the fact that just really making making it approachable and uh, approaching it in a way where you're teaching people, not just telling people what to do. So were you originally a CPA? Did I read that? Yes,
1: um, I am a CPA. I Kind of started out in the financial world as a like an assistant, and then was going to school for accounting at the time. And so I kind of left the nest of the financial world and and did public accounting for five years. Got my CPA license, um, and then I worked at the IRS for five years. So I kind of did the other side of things. So. People always ask me questions about that. And I'm happy to share those in a private forum, maybe with some (laughs) drinks. We probably have a whole podcast just on that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like the secrets of the IRS. So, but yeah, um, to your point about making financial advice more approachable, that's definitely who I am, Um, you know, not using jargon and big words and talking down to people, that's kind of... Who I'm all about, just explaining finance in regular terms for regular people.
0: I feel like people really appreciate that. And it's so much more fun, especially on a podcast. So I'm glad that you're not going to give us a lot of industry jargon too. Exactly. So <laughs> awesome. And you also have children. How old are your kids?
1: Yes. So I have a 12-year-old son and a eight-year-old daughter. And so college planning is very near and dear to my heart. Um Also from my own experience, you know, my parents didn't know a lot about anything and it was kind of like, okay, you get to college and you figure it out (laughs) how you're going to fund that. So if I can help other people not go through that same thing, I'd love it. So. Yeah, no, um, same boat. I actually
0: just made my final payment to my school <laughs> loans. I'm 41 and I paid those off last week. And like the very next day, I were talking about loan forgiveness, but I, so you're welcome. Anybody out there that also has school loans, this is how my <laughs> life works. I, I completely financed and I, there was some pay as you go. My parents paid. I did work study and I had a job bartending. So there was no money saved or set aside. And I was fine. So I always tell people that sort of just like, okay, take a breath. Like if you're in this panic situation where you haven't saved and maybe your kids are leaving a little bit older, like kind of like with the airplane, put your mask on first, right? If your retirement situation or your financial situation is not great, let's cover that first. But if you're doing okay, all the right things and you're on pace to, you know, really live a comfortable retirement, then that's when the college savings comes in. Right. I mean,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Second that you need to, you know, like you said, put on your own mask. You can't take out loans for retirement. So you have to kind of take care of yourself. And even if there isn't money saved. Obviously you want to help your kids and do as much as you can, but there are still things you can do, even if they're in college now, you know? So it's all a matter of just kind of knowing your options and being educated about the different things that you can do. So
0: let's assume that somebody is in a good financial position with their retirement and they don't have, you know, any financial issues currently, and they want to set aside how much do you recommend people save? Because when you see the cost of college and, and especially the inflated cost of what college is going to cost, I mean, it takes my breath away and I'm in this business. So, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. that's the number one question is like,
1: yeah, they, I was on a webinar recently where JP Morgan was doing a thing about college planning and they called it the heart attack slide. That, you know, when you first see like, your kid is just born and it's going to be 18 years from now and you see the costs and it's like $4 million, you know, then it's very scary to start thinking about how am I going to cover this? So, um, yeah, I mean, it all really depends on, you know, your own personal budget too. And that's why it's so important to talk to a financial planner to kind of get those calculations and figure out, you know, maybe... You're not going to cover the full... $300,000 or whatever the calculator is going to tell you that it costs, but maybe you can look at covering two years of college or something like that. And then you can work towards, well, what does that look like for saving per month per year? You know, that kind of thing. Right.
0: So sort of backing into it, what can you afford to put away? I don't think anyone gets to college uh, or college age kids and says, wow, you know, we really saved too much. I I don't have that situation where people are like, why did we save so much for college? There's always going to be cost. Um, but typically I tell people, you know, if you can get half of what they're saying college is going to cost, you can always pay the rest as you go. What? Let's talk about what are your options as far as vehicles uh, to save for your child's college education?
1: Yeah, so there are several vehicles. Um, I think the main one that people have heard of is the 529 plan. Um, that's the plan that is an account that is set up specifically for education saving, basically, Um, and is probably, you know, when you look at all these different charts and stuff in the industry, shows you kind of some of the best outcomes because it is tax deferred. And when you put money into it, you can sometimes get a tax deduction if it's a state-sponsored plan on your state tax return. Yeah, let's touch on that too,
0: because I feel yes. sometimes Facebook forum or something, I see people be like, don't do that, because if your kid goes out of state, they can't use it. Like that is one of the biggest misconceptions. So a 529 plan, each state or most states, I believe, have a 529 plan. Some have multiple. You don't have to do your state's plan. You don't have to go to school in that particular state for the plan that you do. The benefit of using your state's plan is that there is a tax deduction of a certain amount in the state. I think that's one of the biggest myths, though. There's no punishment for going outside. If you are in Michigan and you use the MESP plan and your kid does not go to Michigan State or U of M, you will not be punished.
1: Yeah, that's fair to say. So you're absolutely right. People get that confused all the time that if I go with the Michigan plan, then my kid has to go to a Michigan college and I don't know that I want that, you know, well, that's not the case. It's um, you can pick any state's plan and, you know, there you can debate whether one plan is better than the other. You know, there's different costs and different investment options and things like that. You can deduct on your Michigan income tax return up to ten thousand dollars of contributions for the year. So if you're putting in money to your kid's plan you know, why not get a tax deduction if you can? That's that's kind of the benefit of using your own state's plan. I know that's the case for like Massachusetts and other states as well. You know, if you pick that state plan, you get a deduction on your state tax return for the contribution. Right.
0: But again, no reason to panic if a family member, a grandparent, or an aunt or uncle opens up a 529 plan that is not a Michigan plan for your child who lives in Michigan, not the end of the world, Still, still a great gift. So, exactly. um, yeah, I just like to clear that up because that is some of the confusion that I get. Cause there are other plans out there that do require, or, you know, do have benefits, but for the sake of this conversation, talking about a 529 plan, the state is not crucial.
1: Right. Um, so so going back to just the 529 plan as a savings vehicle. So the deal is that you put money in and it grows tax deferred, like an IRA or a 401k plan. Basically, you don't have to pay money on the money that it's earning. So if you put money in and it's growing and it earns dividends and interest and stuff, you don't have to pay taxes on any of that while it's in the account. Um, the benefit then. Is that when you go to take money out, if you use it on education expenses, then it's a tax-free distribution. So basically, you're not paying tax on any of the growth or earnings. You know, you put it in, it grows. You take it out for education. You didn't pay tax on any of that money. So,
0: so that is why people like Jill and myself love 529 plans because it's after-tax dollars, growing tax deferred, and As long as those distributions are for qualified education expenses, it is also tax-free. So really define that type of vehicle is very hard, and especially outside of just retirement savings. um, That is why we love 529.
1: Right. It's really hard to beat that that tax deferral thing, Um, because I know that some people like to think that you know, oh, well, if I save in a 529, I'm I'm limited to college. And what if my kid doesn't go to college, you know, and they're kind of worried about that? Well, they've really expanded to what the 529 plan will cover. And they don't penalize you for getting scholarships either. That was one point I wanted to bring up. So like, let's say you save in a 529 plan and your kid gets a scholarship to pay all their tuition to college, you know, and you're thinking, Oh no, this money is wasted. No, you can actually withdraw from the 529 plan account the money that you would have spent that is now covered by the scholarship. It basically counts as if you had that, you know, you were using that money towards really? it as well. Yes,
0: that is fabulous. See, I learned something new on these <laughs> podcasts too. I didn't mean, I didn't know that
1: yeah. and you can use the money for room and board, buying computers, you know, books. um and then also, too, like if your kid goes to a trade school or something like that that isn't isn't technically university college or whatever, you know, you can still use five twenty nine plan money for that kind of thing, like vocational school, cosmetology, classes, things like that. So you're not limited.
0: Also- yeah. I mean, and also let's mention, you know, so the downside of this is if things work out really well and you don't have as much college expenses, either through scholarships or whatever, what have you, um, or maybe your kid does not go to school. You can always change the beneficiary. So you as the parent are the owner. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, I always tell people too, that you can, you know, plan. A lot of times people say, okay, well, if my kid's not going to go to college, what about potentially a grandchild in the future? Like if, if you have money left over in the account, one, you're saying you can access what you put in without a penalty.
1: Right. Right. So yeah, if you, um, if you have leftover money like that, there's some things that you should be aware of. So one is, yes, you can change the beneficiary to like your grandchild or a different child. So maybe first child went to college and didn't use all their money. But second child is going to have a lot of expenses. You know, you can essentially change the beneficiary and roll it to them and keep it going. Um, Or like a different family member, because some families who, I mean, I've never seen this happen because (laughs) like you said, college is very expensive. There's not usually leftover money, but let's say there is, you know, you could make it like a legacy for your family that this is like the family 529 plan and just kind of keep it rolling on. So, so you don't, you know, you can use it for different people, but let's say worst case scenario, you have money left over and you're not going to use it for anyone else. You're not going to use it for any college whatsoever. You can take out what you put into the account without penalty. So like you put 10 grand in and it grows to 15 grand. The 10 grand is always going to come out. No tax, no penalty. It's only the five grand difference that you earned, essentially, that that would be where you'd have to not only pay tax on that, because it, now it's taxable to you, um, and there's a 10% penalty on that earnings portion if it's not used for education expenses.
0: But your original 10000 comes back to you, no taxes, no penalty, because often I see people that are like, well, I like they feel it's a black hole, right? Like if we don't use it, what if we don't use it? And so their alternative is to save it in like a bank account that's not growing. But this is a real like conversation that I've had with people. They decide that the idea of this penalty or paying taxes at the end may be daunting to them. But at the end of the day, the reason one not just the tax reasons, but also the ability to grow these assets. So if you're really looking to put you know make meaningful difference in the cost of college for your children. To be able to have that potential to grow it, of course, you can lose money when you're investing as well, you know, instead of just keeping it in a bank account to potentially get that advantage of compounding interest um in the market. Let's talk about that though. So what are so the vehicle itself is a 529 plan, which uh the 529 stands for the tax code? Code, it, yeah, like the okay. code The plan itself, but the vehicle you put the money into to hopefully get it to grow over time. Um, what are
1: those options? Right. So if you go with, you know, one of the state-sponsored plans, they typically have a menu of mutual funds for you to choose from to invest your money in. Um, It's similar to if you have a 401k somewhere. So, you know, you have 401k and they give you like choices of these are the mutual funds you can invest in. And then sometimes in the 401k world, they'll have Most of the time, actually, they'll have a target date fund where it's basically designed to be an easy button for you that you get this mutual fund and it has a year attached to it and it has a diversified mix of other funds. And then it slowly gets more conservative as you approach that year. 529 plan investment options kind of work the same way. You can choose, you know, other mutual funds, like go all growth if you want, but a lot of them have the, age-based funds. So it's kind of, they figure out when your kid would start college based on their age. And if you pick that fund, then it starts out more aggressive and it slowly gets more conservative as you approach those years, because you don't want, you know, your, all your money in like a big stock fund. And then the market tanks right before you go to college. So I think that's what people are afraid of when they think about investing the money, Right. Um, but there's really kind of a, a method to the madness, you know, that you start out growing the account when they're young. And then as they get older, you are always rebalancing that every year. You know, the, the age-based funds will do that for you automatically and get more conservative so that by the time you reach freshman year of college, you know, it's it's very conservative.
0: You know, if your risk tolerance is low and you're nervous about the market, there are sub-accounts that are essentially, um, you know, like a, a fixed dollar or like a, a money market mutual fund equivalent, where you can put your money in there and say, okay, forget it. You know, It's grown. I'm good. I don't want to lose anything that I put in if, if something right. happens. So certainly you could do the age-based models, but you can also kind of do it on your risk tolerance as well, which is nice, the flexibility on those investments as you get closer.
1: For sure. Did you want to talk about the impact on financial aid? Yeah. Yeah. So When you fill out the FAFSA form, which, even if you're the wealthiest individual in the world, you should still fill that out to see kind of what the college can offer you. Um, And they look at parent assets and child assets differently. So, one of the savings vehicles that I've seen people use for college instead of the 529 plan um, is to put it in a custodial account. So, it's basically a Taxable account that is in the child's name and the parent is the custodian on that. Um, And while that technically has the advantage that you can use that money for anything, as long as it's for the kid, not just college, that's why I think people may like it. um, It's one taxable. So you're paying tax on any kind of earnings that you have in the account going every year. Two is that that counts a lot more towards the family expected contribution for financial aid than a 529 does, because it's it's considered a child's asset. And so basically, if it's an asset that the child has, they're going to count it a lot more towards the family contribution. And parent assets, they realize, you know, not everything in the parents' world can be earmarked for college. Although sometimes I feel like it seems that way when you fill out the expected family contribution, they come back and they're like, you, you can afford, you know, $2 million per year. And it's like this ridiculous number. So, but, um, the 529 really helps with that versus like a custodial account in that the 529 is counted as a parent asset. So it's not, you know, the whole amount isn't counted towards the college expected contribution, basically.
0: And maybe I'm just a control freak. And also my like 11 year old son has terrible spending habits. And I'm not sure that at the age of majority, those are going to change. He literally spends his like Amazon gift cards in his mind, be- like before he even reads the card, like if somebody gives him a birthday gift. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm hoping he's going to go to college. I'm pretty sure that he will. He's a decent student, but if he doesn't, I don't necessarily want him getting like, like, a lump sum of money that he could buy a car, buy V-Bucks, buy whatever the you know,
1: <laughs> Right. They're gonna spend it all on, you know, video game Roblox. Stuff. Yeah. You know,
0: close, my oldest is 12. And I can say that 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 child does not have a good grasp on how to spend money. Even a child of two people in finance that preach this right. stuff. You know, it may even be a rebellion thing. So I do not want that money that I have like worked really hard to save that could possibly go to anything. So with the 529, there is that control aspect as well as the advantage on the FAFSA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I hear what you're saying. I, because that's what people I think don't necessarily realize. I mean, it's in the back of their head, but it's not, the reality doesn't hit them that if, your child turns age of majority, which I think is 18 in Michigan, then they could technically take that money. That's their money and they could blow it on something. So Right. Yeah. And as an
0: advisor, I've actually I had a client ask me to like, keep a, a secret until they graduated from college. I was like, how do right. you do that? Like once they turn age of majority, like the account title changes and they get the statement and it's, it's their money. Like you can't even say how it's invested anymore. It's up to an 18 year old, which it's right. so scary. I think I even mean, myself, like I'm not judging other 18 year olds, like me, at 18. <laughs> I use my mom's credit card in college. That was for emergencies, like, you know, flat tire or something. Um, I used it to get a belly button ring. So I like literally, my mom is like, why? But she was actually the funny thing is I went and I got my belly button pierced at a tattoo parlor. So on the credit card statement, it was like lose tattoos. So by the time I told her it was just my belly button, she was relieved. It wasn't a tattoo. So I didn't get in huge trouble, but like those are, and I was a good kid. I am like yeah. kind
1: of a rule follower. So I can only imagine. What that my, is my, a fantastic <laughs> story. Cause I have a similar credit card first. Like I <laughs> got a credit, you know how you get bombarded with credit card applications in oh, college yeah. and turned 18, got my first credit card, ordered some like seventies classic hit CDs from the TV. <laughs> Like now I'm showing how old I am and my poor judgment. And I was a rule follower too. So like, yeah, I don't know that 18 year olds are the best with money. Fun to kind of talk
0: about stories and experiences. And um, maybe we should, do we want to touch on other vehicles besides the 529? Because I know a lot of times people will mention potentially using a Roth IRA to save for college.
1: Yeah, so that was going to be the other thing too, because I think people don't realize that as an option sometimes. And it's it's almost the best of both worlds. Because So if you use your Roth IRA as kind of like, I'm going to save some of this money for my kid's college, then if you don't use it, you can use it for your own retirement. So it's, it's good that way. Um, it's your asset. So it's not counted in financial aid at all, really, because it's a retirement account. And people don't realize that you can always take out the contributions to your roth. So in the same way we talked about how if the 529 plan if you don't use the money for education, you know, you can pull out what you put into it basically without penalty. It's kind of how the roth contributions work too, as long as you've had the account for 5 years, whatever you put into it. So let's say you put 20 grand into it and it grows to 25, you know, and if you needed to take out 20 grand for college You could, and that would be a tax-free withdrawal because it's the return of your contributions, basically. There's just some forms you have to fill out to make sure that the IRS knows that and doesn't try to tax you or penalize you on it. Um, And I will add the caveat that it is kind of robbing your own retirement. So unless you're kind of earmarking this and saving for retirement differently, and, you know, but you're going to use the Roth as a vehicle that's a hybrid, you know, that that could be an option. So it just yeah. make sure, again, you're talking to your financial advisor and weighing all your options and tax consequences.
0: So. Yeah. And I, this is a good time. We always have to plug this uh, during the show, but if if you are in the situation where you're taking money out of a retirement plan for college expenses, it would be awesome to also consult a CPA. <laughs> Because, you know, making some of these tax decisions, there are all sorts of forms you need to know about. So certainly, but I think a common theme here is not to panic. So if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you've saved enough for a college education, and you don't feel like you're where you want to be for your retirement, that may be a good compromise. If you're not contributing to a Roth to start doing so, because that can be used for either. And you kind of make a a decision based off the financial aid that your child receives, where they're going to school, and um, what your financial situation is at the time. Because I don't know about you, Jill, but as a parent, sometimes I just live day by day. It's really hard for me to like, I'm just trying to get them you know, not to do silly, annoying things. And I even wonder if they'll make it to college because they they might off themselves first doing something really stupid.
1: Exactly. You never know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, as much as I love to be a planner and plan for the future, uh, you know, if, if this is keeping you up at night that you haven't saved enough, certainly talk to your financial advisor. If you don't have one, uh, reach out, And we can help you set you in the right direction and get started on whatever your savings goals may be. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do people get a hold of you, Jill, if they uh, want to get in touch?
1: Sure. Um, So I think we're going to put a link to our company's websites um, in the show notes or whatever. But um, I also write a blog. We'll put that in there too. Um, Jill's
0: journal. It's awesome. (laughs) I do highly recommend. Um, we'll put a link there to follow it, but do subscribe and, um, and you can hear Jill's wisdom on all topics, not just college planning. So
1: yes, my eternal wisdom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I love that. You also have like a nice sense of humor and that really comes across in your blog. And I am a, a, a huge fan of, especially when you have these kinds of topics, like financial topics are not fun necessarily. I mean, they are to us because we're kind of financial. right? Nerds, we're right? About <laughs> it,
1: Yeah. But yes. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Cause I do try to be funny. So I'm glad that at least one person finds my blog. <laughs> <funny. laughs>
0: I don't know if I'm a good judge. Like, I don't know if that's really something to like add a you know, notch for you because I have a weird <laughs> sense of humor too. So maybe we just have both the same, but, um, right. I do love that you try to make it fun and again, you know, manageable and, um, relatable because that's what people want. And you and I are both moms. We have similar age children. We're trying to do the best we can. And so by sharing a little bit about how we do things or mistakes that we've made, whether it's belly button rings or otherwise, <laughs> um, we hope that you're learning something from this. So
1: Absolutely. I really
0: appreciate your time recording with us today. And, um, again, if you want to be enlightened with some financial knowledge, that's also funny and not uh, full of industry jargon, follow Jill's blog and also follow our podcast for more episodes of 52 Pearl's Weekly Money Wisdom. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.